0: Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 166. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with business owners all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at the highest levels in life and business. And I achieve this through my coaching and online programs. I started this podcast simply to discover how other thought and business leaders create and enjoy success and to identify the common strategies and techniques as well as the mindset that they have adopted to live their version of exceptional. My aim is for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life, but in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to achieve your goals. Now, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you're having an amazing week. So this week, we have got an Aussie. On the show a long way from where i am in the northeast of england so paul higgins so paul is high performance mentor lead generator podcaster author and business growth strategist for service based businesses paul has 25 years of experience in sales and marketing finishing up an 18-year gig at coca-cola driving marketing strategies for a $700 million business unit. In 2011, he left to manage his inherited kidney condition and has had a successful transplant in February 2019. With his newfound energy, Paul loves to run his business, spend time with his family and giving back. Paul, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Jeff. So, Paul, before we dive into the goodness, um, could you give us a little bit of a back story of what's brought you to this point today?
1: Yeah, well, look, um, my my biggest moment in my life is when I was 18. And uh, my mum had uh, had um, a major incident in her life. She'd had uh, uh, three heart attacks. Uh, we, you know, basically were very lucky to, to keep her. And they uh, went through the family history and realised that it was a kidney disease that has caused the heart to fail. And at 18, I walked out of a surgery and looked at my mum and I had it as well. And it was a, it's a 50-50, it's called polycystic kidney disease. And um, at that moment, I thought, hey, you know, I don't, at some point, right? I'm going to have kidney failure. That's a that's a given, but you know what? I can control everything else. So at, at 18, really the defining moment for me was choosing that, you know, I'll control what I want to control and I'll be high performing. And that sort of led me on a path of high performing in sport, high performing in business and high performing in life. And, um, you know, they, they say you've got to you know, work with the the cards that you've been dealt. Well, at that moment, at eighteen, I really decided that, uh, yeah, I, I was going to take control of the situation and do the best I can given the cards I was dealt.
0: Wow, that that's quite an interest. It's it's quite a um, you were quite early, like young, to think that, weren't it? Because you know, to take control of that sort of thing it's quite hard to do even you know as you as you get older and older and older that sort of um belief mechanism that we we are can be we sort of don't want to, we kind of like let, let life take its flow, but that's, was it the, were you always like that from the, the sort of the sport mindset or was it very much the, a mixture of the sports and then seeing the sort of the family illness?
1: Yeah. Look, I- I think you know all stories are better when they're told when you're 50 versus 18, right? So I'm sure yeah, are, yeah. it wasn't as well articulated <laughs> yeah. as as I'm saying now, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that aside, yes, yeah. I think it was, uh, you know, it was innate. My my mum always had that view, and and I think my sport really helped me. I was, um, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about cricket, Jeff, uh, knowing that you.
0: Thank God. Thank God. It's it's like swearing when we do the Nazi and an Englishman together. <laughs> England.
1: <laughs> Correct. And there is a, a test uh, coming up, but uh, a series coming up. But but uh, yeah, I was I was high performing in, in cricket and I think you know I got to the chance to work with some amazing um uh Legends at the time of, of cricket, and I think I learned a lot from them. Is like you know, yes, you have a bad day, whatever, but you focus on the habits that are going to get you the result. Don't focus on the result. So I think you know that that was um, both a bit of nurture and um, and nature.
0: Okay, and and what um and what sort of took you into that mark the the marketing insight? What what was the interest in going down? down that route?
1: Yeah, well, uh, my father worked for Coca-Cola for, uh, I think, 27 years. And uh, so I'd always done part-time work there. So whatever they threw at me, I I took. And uh, But they said we'd never employ anyone's son or daughter, right? So no family members. And long story short, I did two degrees at, at uni I did marketing and accounting so I didn't really know which path to go and sales sort of seemed to you know be a combination of both of those in a way so um they threw me a set of keys and said we'll make an exception and I said well I don't really work here and they said "Look, give it a go and 18 years later I was uh still there. Wow wow so so you
0: you um you now work with You know, high performers. You 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 do this uh, a similar sort of thing to what I do. Um, What sort of things are you seeing from what's going on recently? Sort of within the last sort of year, have you noticed any? big shifts in the challenges that people are obviously going through um what's sort of been the biggest thing that people are coming to see you about maybe just over the last sort of 12 months and then maybe what the the caveat to that would be what sort of things what sort of people are you what sort of people who are you working with is probably a better way to say
1: yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah well look I think to be honest at the moment I think it's a it's a massive opportunity for the people that I work for so I think some of them it's a it's a, a positive that they're coming to me because they're not quite sure how to take on this new opportunity so you know if, if I backtrack you know I did my 18 years at at Coca-Cola I went from you know sales rep to a director I left I did some coaching and and uh Advising and I built two businesses, exited one. So I had a really uh, successful uh, both corporate and personal or business career. But when I left Coke in 2011, like working from home remotely was something that just, you know, people thought you were that crazy. And you know, now the opportunity is enormous because that's COVID's just fast-tracked what I've been doing for, you know, nine or ten years, right? So I think the opportunity is that you can, if you've got a really good product or service, you can now sell that globally from no matter where you are. Now, you know, I went through dialysis, I went through a transplant, I built my sales system and my business to run from anywhere, literally run from a hospital rather than uh, work from home, as they say, work from a hospital. But, but what I can now do is say, well, I'll, I'll you know, I've got a methodology that worked for me because I had to make it work. But you can seize an opportunity where yes, you've got a face-to-face predominantly business. It's mainly you doing the sales. You know, you've done really well to get to say a million dollars, you know, rough, rough numbers, but you know that you know you're burnt out, you can't continue just to rely on word of mouth referrals. You know, you know that you're ambitious, you want to get to a higher mark, but you've got to build a system, right? And the great thing is, if you build that system, it's a brilliant time in the world to actually leverage off everyone else looking at the fact that you know what I can just get the best person anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter where they are. So, to be honest, I think COVID's fast tracked a massive opportunity for the people that I work with.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's an it's it's been interesting because it's I think is, is you've got you've got a group of people that sort of. Uh, surprising to me, seem to be very reluctant with embracing the technology. You know, the, the, the oh, I don't want to do a Zoom call because Zoom calls it, but it's like, well, if you don't grab hold of the technology during this time, you're just going to be kicked into touch because you. it's going to be very hard for you to try and Deal with the business aspect of things if you can't go and see those people, so you have to sort of jump onto that and I think then the other bit was is as you said, there's been an awful lot of companies that are now who have said possibly you know we're not going to do this working from home lot because it's never going to work and then they're seeing that actually it can work, and that the global you can have this global impact and and actually make quite a very small footprint with a with a massive um with some you know in some cases massive massive impact um but it's that it's that challenge isn't it because i suppose you've got the 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 challenge of working from home and you know parents having to homeschool. I'm so glad my kids are 21 and 19, because wow. Um I mean having a dyslexic teach their kids English would be a challenge, <laughs> I think, from 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 any point of view, really. What does that dad say? Mm, yes. We'll have to refer. Um but it's but I think also is is you've also got the factors is, is that you know some people just aren't geared to working at home either you know they, they they need um i thought i was quite an introvert but i've realized that actually i do like i do like more human um human connection I mean, obviously, I'm a coach, so I, I love human connection to a point, but it's in a controlled environment. But it's like I, I'm just dying to get to a cafe and just people watch. I think I might I might get done by the police because they'll think, hang on, you're gawking at those people. No, I'm just bored. I'm, it's, it's the first time I've seen another human being in 12 months. Um, but, you know, it's...
1: it yeah. Yeah, and I th- and I think and I think it's you know it's it, it it does become like I said I've been doing this for nine years right so for me I'm an I'm an extrovert I love people but to me having conversations like this waking up every morning thinking well, I'm going to talk to someone in the US in the UK you know in in Eastern Europe you know South America like it it it's a wonderful thing that you can learn because I love learning cultures I love learning people but uh, I'll give you just a quick quick story around the technology piece so when I was at Coca Cola and I first started, you know, it was like you know, dad's got got his son a job, and you know, I was sort of like the the black sheep in the in the team. And um, mobile phones had just come out, and I went to you know management and said, "Can I have a you know? I think we should have a mobile phone." They said, "Yes, but we can't afford in the budget," you know, blah blah blah, to give everyone one. So I thought, okay, so I went and bought myself one. I said to my clients. If you call me, it's going to cost you 80 cents back in those days. Uh, it's going to cost you 80 cents to call me, but I will get to your stock as soon as it arrives. And you know, the quicker we get it up, the quicker it's going to sell. And you're going to make a lot more money on that 80 cents, right? They're business people. And they're like, okay. And I, my results went through the roof and they kept saying, oh, he's dodging the system. Like, what's he doing? You know, I actually walked past an office and I heard them say, we can't give him this Top Gun award again, three, three quarters in a row. Like he's, you know, this is embarrassing. And it was because I got on early with technology and, you know, now phones are just, unfortunately phones are the other way, right? We can't let them go. But I think, you know, Zoom working remotely, I think, you know, if, if you, if, if it's, not natural to you and you're listening and it's not natural to you i think just just lead to it and accept the fact that it doesn't have to be natural to begin with but it definitely will be so you know i think you know it's here to stay i, I don't think you know corporations aren't going to go back to putting people on planes because you know from a, a a health perspective it's not great to get people up at 4 30 in the morning to be in all that stress and all that travel for for what reason you can just quickly you know zoom someone no matter where they are in the world and then i think the other thing now too that's the technology but it's also the teams like i've been fortunate i've got i ran a a a, um, outsourcing business out of the philippines um for you know five years until my health sort of meant that I had to to sell it. But, you know, you can tap into amazing talent now. So it works both ways. Like it works for you as a business owner that you can sell to anyone. But the other thing now, you can actually get anyone in the world to work for you. Right. So from a sales perspective, you know, you used to do all the sales. Now, you know, I've got three team members in different countries in the world that support me doing sales. So they're doing work right now, Jeff, when we're talking. They're actually out there helping me gain clients on LinkedIn Doing follow up, they're doing all those things for me. It doesn't have to be me, right? You can tap into that. So I think that's the other huge advantage of where we are today. And and I think for me, I was lucky. Like I've always been that way inclined. But the other thing is, I work for the Coke company, which has always been global, right? Um. So I think it was just you know, eighteen years of working in that system, you just by default. Always looked at the world it was like, well, who in our system has already solved this problem, and I can find it somewhere. It's the exact same thing today, so I think it's a it's an amazing opportunity.
0: Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things, and one of the things I want what I want to talk to you about is um, sort of when you were talking about putting the business model that allowed you to work anywhere, because I do get an awful lot of my. Um, you know, either people I'm speaking to or prospects or stuff, they, they talk about this flexible, versatile sort of um, mobile type business model that allows them to have more fun, enjoying times with their family and without that sort of that anchor that says you've got to stay at home. Um, the, the question I want to ask before that, um, because there, there will be a generation of people listening to that that can't believe that we're talking about. I was... It's probably the first person to have a mobile phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember mine was like, I don't know, the only people that used to have it were like yuppies going around in, 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 in the financial market in London. But it was about it was about 30 centimetres long, and that didn't include the aerial that was like rigid. It was like an Indiana Jones whip that you used to have from it. And I remember my my granddad had a car phone, which was a proper phone, like this weight that used to be massive and you used to have to say over at the end because the receiver was in the boot of the car and it was about the size of a small suitcase <laughs> so
1: we was yours like that epic mobile phone or was it or was it a- no no so no i, I we, mine was actually the hand device but i remember my uncle uh, was one of the first people we'd ever seen with a a, a mobile phone and uh, he was quite a progressive farmer and uh, yeah it was literally like you you know, it nearly—he nearly had to have a wheelbarrow to carry this thing around, and it was—it uh, was—that's oh, <laughs> class. Yeah,
0: the day people are looking at God, just don't believe this. But then again, we grew up with cassette players. Correct,
1: correct, taping off the radio. So yes, I know.
0: <laughs> Indeed, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, sh, Mum, I'm trying to record. Um, but yeah, so the 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 real question I want to ask is—is is the the <laughs> You know, when you were you were you were in hospital, you were going through your, your recovery and and so on. But there was still this thing to go. I need to create this business model, this this business that allows this flexibility. Where, from your point of view, do you start in people? At because I suppose you've got people who you know they've you know maybe they've come up from they've come from corporate and corporate do its something different. And then they go into the, I don't know, the entrepreneur space or whatever. And what some of them find is they just then rinse and repeat the thing that they wanted to escape from. They just end up doing it because that's the strategy that they were taught when they were in corporate. Where would you say is the first place to start um, in sort of in reinventing their
1: personal business, business in that sort of uh, business model way? Yeah, look, a great question. And I think the, I've always said that you put the business model before you put the 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 ideal client and the offer, right? Because ultimately, like you said, you leave business to have you leave corporate to have the freedom to run your business, right? Don't let it run you. So I think that's so important. So I think the business models that I love are recurring. Right. I think there's nothing better than being in hospital for me knowing that I've got 80 clients paying me a monthly sum where not 80 are going to leave all at once. Right. Whereas, the opposite is if I had four or five consulting clients and two leave because of COVID or whatever happens, then I've lost fifty percent of my revenue overnight. So I think for you know for for most businesses, like how can you get a recurring, a recurring model? So you've already got your IP right. So most people are being you know consulting or that coaching, whatever you're doing. You've got something that is of value. How can you extract the part that's scalable of that? So. You know, there's a couple of models. So, you know, one is that if you are doing one-on-one, you can go to group. So I think that's, a you know, an obvious one. I think the next is, you know, can you form, you know, an, a membership of it? So for me as an, as an example, you know, I've got, we've got about 70 members around the world now on our, um, it's called the sales machine. And that helps people get leads uh, predominantly through LinkedIn. Right, but we're a community. We help each other. So that's my version of a membership. Then you can also have online courses. So online courses or online programs. I know that scares uh, a lot of us, and it scared me. And I'm about to launch mine. But what I do is that complements my group program. So it's a hybrid, right? So it's got the online plus it's got the um, you know the weekly calls, etc. So I think you know if you set your business up with the view that, okay, I know where I am today, I'm swapping time for money, but I actually, there are some elements of where I scale it. I think that helps. And really it's up to your personality, right? Some people, like I'm not extrovert, I love people. So therefore a membership in a community was perfect for me, right? And the online course, probably less so, but I've built the online course to the second phase. But if you're the opposite, right, and you really love giving people value, and you've got a training background, whatever it is, you might start with the online course. So there's no right or wrong here, but I think just fit it to your personality because ultimately, this business model is here to provide you your lifestyle. So just get that model first, and then everything else flows. Do you think, like when you know you were saying yourself and, and uh, about that
0: nervous bit about designing the course, and I'm kind of like going through that process as well, and you know you you have this idea of oh i'm going to do this course and you think oh, i'll be you know i've done videos loads of times and next, but as soon as you get down to the nitty-gritty of actually doing the bloody recording all of a sudden is, is every man every demon and his dog starts coming out and saying that he can't do this and he can't do that what how do you overcome that in for your per you personally how do you overcome those sort of the, um, the I don't know whether you would call it the the self-sabotage or limiting or w- whatever it is, but how do you overcome that?
1: Yeah, I think it's really easy. It's one word, right, and that's an expert, right? All you have to do is get someone else that's already done it. They do it every day of their life, get them in to help you, right? So uh, I'm working with someone at the moment and they, they taught me uh, like it's transformed the way that I would have, done the course to get an amazing result for my clients i would not have done that without getting that person in so you know i um one of the biggest things when i left coca-cola was that i thought everyone was like a supplier to coca-cola right? Because we only dealt with the best in the world. So I thought everyone else was the, you know, the same. And I cannot tell you how much money I've lost by trusting people that said something and did something different, right? So one of my legacies I want to leave the service based world is I've now collected, I think it's 476 experts around the world because I'm a prolific podcast listener. I've got an amazing network and I just collect people that are really good and, you know pardon the french but not full of bs that 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 delivers so when someone comes to me and says hey paul you know i'm not quite sure how to do this i was like, like it's easy okay you do this bit of it but then we'll just get someone else to do the rest of it so that's my uh, my answer to your uh, to your good question
0: yeah yeah no- <sighs> And, and, and for, and, and for you, when you, when you're looking at this, um, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, I suppose in one way, it's the multiple streams, it's the recurring revenue, it's the, it's rather than trading time for money sort of thing to, to that. Because I suppose that even even at some point, there's going to be a point where people won't pay anymore because there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, just well whether there's a disconnect between that value and and what you give but I suppose that, that people will have a, a ceiling for that but the recurring revenue means that you can exponentially
1: grow your client base correct correct and and then you can have a sales system right the great thing with the get the business model right then you can bring in the sales system where you know you let, let's say 50 percent of sales is admin as a rough rule of thumb you know there's so many people that quote that in our corporate days, we used to do a lot of, um, you know, uh, time and motion studies. It's 50% of it, right? So the first thing is you want to get rid of that 50% to help you do the one-on-one sales, right? And then the next thing is you want to be able to sell your memberships without you there. So, you know, now the great thing is with you know video and technology, you can actually sell whilst you're actually not physically selling, right? So, you record a masterclass once or webinar once, and then it's just on repeat for you. So, that's where I think it becomes a lot easier to scale because, yeah, ultimately, the biggest barrier to most businesses' growth is the owner's time. And ultimately, most owners don't spend enough time on sales, right and then if you get the right business model well then it makes it easy to spend time on sales because you don't have to be in every call
0: yeah i think i think it's that it's the the fear of sales when relay it's an interesting one because they're frightened to sell yet they love what they do so in some ways it should be an easy conversation because they're naturally they know that they know they're the best I guess they're the best salesman of their own personal product, especially if you're selling like coaching or, or stuff like that. No one knows your skills or your knowledge better than you. But it's but it's that um It's coming to for me it was about changing my relationship with the sales and understanding that it's it's not about convincing it's just about having an honest conversation with them and supporting them on helping them identify their core outcomes do you see it the same way or do you see it a different way
1: yeah i think uh, i did some research on this and i believe sales came from a from um a danish word originally and it, in essence, it means understanding where someone is, understand where they want to get to, and seeing if you can help them get there faster than they can themselves. So, you know, I'm sort of paraphrasing, it, but that's basically sales, and that's what you know. I consider like a, a lot of people that are, are really good technically come to me and say, "I can't sell." I say, "Okay, so uh, how good are you at doing research, finding facts, etc." They say, I "Look, really good at that." I said, "Well, you, you're great at sales then, because ultimately that's." That's what it is, right? You're really understanding exactly where they are, where they want to be, and working out what are the gaps to get them there. That's sales. Yeah, I love that.
0: I love that. I love that. the fi- The final question is, and, and something that always fascinates me is working remote with remote teams, because you you know that as you say is, is the to the the time that we're in now, our ability to get the right person for the job in in a in a in a sometimes a more cost effective way but definitely the the right person for the job we don't have to necessarily have the coach from our postcode or or the um you know or the printer from our postcode or any of that sort of stuff when you are doing that for you what would you say are some of the or what sort of tips can you share about finding the right type of virtual team member or virtual person to work with
1: yeah so so you know it- to not go down a, uh, a track of cliches but it really is you know personality first right so it's ultimately you know my experience is that most most of us are very similar like you know yes as you layer up cultures and whatever maybe different but most people I talk to are very similar right we all you know want to you know, most of us want to do the right thing by people. We want to be, you know, we're normally family orientated, et cetera, right? So you can find those no matter where you are. So I think, you know, that's the first thing you look for. I think there is some uh, labour arbitrage opportunities and you know, so I think, you know, you can take advantage of, of, of those. And then I think it's really the support you give them, right? So it, it's more about when the person comes on board uh, and how you go through that. I think, you know, the downside of, of. Um, working with people remote is that you don't, you know, it, it nearly seems like they're not part of your team, right? They're, they're like a, a step removed. So I'll just give you, you know, four quick things that I do that really help when people come on. So one is that, um, and I, I think there was a lady on your show recently that mentioned, and I can't remember her name, but she talked about Voxer. And, and, uh, you know, Voxer is think of WhatsApp, think of SMS, you know, on, on steroids basically, but you know, what we do is communicate that way. So it's asynchronous. So it doesn't, you know, I'll have a thought, I'll leave it. And when they pick it up, they get it. So, you know, it's like taking a telephone call and breaking it into sections. The second is that we have a little daily thing that we do in Voxer, which is, you know, what's, uh, what's your biggest win from yesterday? Um, what are you working on and, you know, what's your key challenge that we can help you with, right? So, you know, different people come in at different times around the world, but, you know, that's what we work on. every friday my time so it depends where people are i just do a five minute summary video summary to the team you know these are all the amazing things that each of you have done so i go through what they've done for the week sort of talk about the highlights of the business and then you know i normally have a bit of banter at, at the end so you know it, it's it's making sure that it's like that uh water cooler, um, moment that I'm doing. And then the last one is having really good project management system. So, you know, we use Asana and, uh, if anything is a task to do, it goes in Asana and, you know, that then just works, um, beautifully because you can, you know, allocate tasks, you can do all of that, no matter what time zone where they are. So I think it's more about, yes, get the right person fit. And then the next thing is make sure that you've give them the best chance of success. And then the rest of it, I think, sort of of, takes care of itself.
0: I love that. I love that. Brilliant. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we are going to go to the second part of the show where I get to ask you a set of questions. Um, So, Mr. Higgins, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm fired up. Of course you are. Um, Question number one, on average, how much time roughly do you dedicate to self-development? That's body, mind, and spirit.
1: Yeah. So I always think around 20% of my time. So uh, that's around 15 hours a, a week that I dedicate to myself. And I actually time it to check that I'm uh, meeting that. Uh, do you have a specific
0: um, modality? Do you, is it reading or is it is it listening? To, or you said you like podcasts, don't you? Yeah. Podcast is probably my, my, my number one thing. Okay, cool. Okay, number two, what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? And it doesn't need to be
1: a traditional self-development book. Yeah, well, for this one it is uh, because it's the book that changed my life the most, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read it in 1994 and I read it every year. And I actually worked for the Franklin Covey Company when I left Coca-Cola and I'd always put all my teams through the program. So that book by far has had the biggest impact on me.
0: Yeah, for you, what's the biggest lesson from
1: that book that you can take from that? Yeah, so two, one is you control the gap between stimulus and response. And I think around my health, that's been absolutely critical. And the other one is start with the end in mind. So, you know, really think about, and like I said, if you're not great at doing video today and don't love Zoom, that's okay, because you'll get there. So what's the end goal? And it's so with your business model. What's your end goal of the business model you wanna have? And yes, it's always, you know, clunky and uncomfortable at the start, but that's just change. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: brilliant. Okay, um, question number three. Um, what app makes the biggest
1: impact to your business or personal life, and you don't have to say Asana? All right. Well, other than Asana, it'd be Voxer, which I've also mentioned. So they're the two that, uh, yeah, a must-have for me. I don't. I've never. I've never. I've, I know there's been a couple of guests that
0: have mentioned Voxer. I've never um, used it because I haven't found someone I know that uses it. So I'm. I'm I've got to wait till a friend becomes progressive. And,
1: and decides to decides to get them as well. So, well, call call me your friend Jeff and uh, go go and download it today. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's a great thing. You can leave a voice message, and I pick it up whenever I wake up. Right? So you're not gonna. Yeah, that's a great thing.
0: Yeah, inter- Yeah, it's, a, it's a, But I I quite like that way because then you, as you say, it's. It's disconnected from one point, but actually it's 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 on point to the other person that's receiving it. So they don't have to feel that they've necessarily got to respond
1: straight away. I, I do. I think that's really good. Spot on. And, and how often on a phone call you think, God, I wish I had the time to think about that because I said something I, I really didn't mean, right, or blah, blah, blah. We're on Voxer. You could actually think about it and then leave your reply. So it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that.
0: Um, Number four, um, what's been your biggest business mistake that turned out into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you?
1: Yeah, so we built a team before we built demand for a product, right? So, and, you know, it's the classic, you know, don't put the cart before the horse, but, you know, that was the biggest thing. So now I always make sure that I'm building the audience, I'm building the product, and then I get the team to support it.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Fantastic. At number five,
1: what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Yeah, so the biggest one for me is that I live in Australia. So the great thing is that we're in a remote island and and I really, like I feel for you guys in the UK at the moment and, and you know, I listen to the BBC news every day and it's like, oh, look, it's, you know, it, it's so hard when you've got multiple borders and it's, you know, et cetera. Um, and I know you guys are in Ireland as well, but anyway. Um, but uh, for me, it's time zones, right? So particularly with the US, so... Yeah, that's, that's probably the hardest one for me because most of my clients are in North America.
0: Number six, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you were known starting out?
1: Yeah, uh, get an offer that converts. I know that sounds well. What does he mean? What does he mean? But literally, you know, until you have something that people want to buy from you, everything else is superfluous. Your website, your logo, doesn't matter. So I call it the hair on fire problem, right? If you got your hairs on fire, you got to put it out. What's a problem that someone's got that is something they need solved? Solve it and then scale it.
0: <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one because one one of the things um i'm always intrigued when asking about people you know when you've got your sort of your offer and your funnel that you're you're looking at and um do you think people um either don't give their funnel long enough to get the right statistics or stats from it or do you feel that they don't give long enough in the majority, because I know there's obviously some people are just on it like flies, but the, the sometimes I see like it, there's there's like a yin and a yang. There's there's some that are really good and then others that are like impatient.
1: We we've all so, you know, you know, that tingling, you know when you get that tingling feeling in life, right? Like something something's joyous has happened. Unless someone gives you that tingling experience by saying, this has really, really helped me, right? Most people, are, and especially, you know, not having to go at the British, but, you know, you are very polite, so you won't often tell tell them that, you know, what you're selling is a, is a load of crap. So, you know, I, I think you've really got to experience that. So you do have to continually tweak it. And I think what we all do is hold on to our own ideas and we're the hardest people to convince to change it, not the client, right? So I think if if someone really tells you this is this is what this product has done for me this is what you've done for me and you get that tingling experience then you know you've got an offer that converts that's when you double down on it I like that okay
0: brilliant and um, question number 7 what is your personal definition of success
1: yeah just live your values each day so as i said stephen covey is a huge book in my life and i've just i have a daily reflection where it's got the people that are most important to me in the life in life, you know, basically, what I want people to say when when I pass, you know, it's it's not morbid, but it's a bit of this is how I want to live my life. When I was in corporate, I was Saul and Paul, not to be too biblical, but I sort of read that every day and then acted differently. You know, it, it's not corporate's fantastic, right? And I, Coke, I owe so much to uh, for all the knowledge they've given me, but I wasn't being who I am. Whereas now I can be who I am every day, and I think you know that just makes everything else easier.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned a, a routine that you do. Do you have any other routines that really help you make an impact to your day?
1: Yeah, look, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, very big into this. So, you know, my, my normal routine is uh, I stretch every morning. I, uh, at Lunchtime, uh, or you know, circa the middle of my day, because I'm normally out really early with the US, I uh, go for uh, something fitness wise. So, I normally go for a bike ride, I come home, I uh, eat a nice meal, then I, I meditate and I have a 30 minute nap. So, if you, um, for those that have seen that Seinfeld episode where George goes to sleep under his desk, um, I don't do that, but I do have a 30 minutes. And, and to be honest, that's, you know, that is just gold for me every day. Then I track at the end of my, um, my day, my, my daily progress. So, you know, what have I, what have I achieved today? what were some of my challenges and most importantly what am i grateful for so both is in what someone done for me but also what have i done for someone else so they're sort of the key habits that i, I don't miss and there's a little app you can uh, i just use it on the uh, iphone it's called done d-o-n-e and i find that's brilliant because it gives uh, streaks for doing certain things and uh, you know because i'm competitive i love to to see how far i can take a streak so you did have <laughs> another app
0: there was yes. another rap hidden in there somewhere <laughs> um, yes. so, brilliant um thank you so much for taking the time and joining me uh paul it, it, the floor is now yours for how can people find out more about you tell us a little bit about your podcast and anything else you
1: would you would like to share yeah, well, really appreciate the opportunity to come on, Jeff. Uh, the podcast. So, if you go to blgpodcast.com, you can get access to it there. And it's really about, you know, experts like Jeff talking about what's great in their life as far as how they help people, then how they live their life and how they give back. And also, if you want to know whether you've got the right sales system that I spoke about before to scale your business, you can just go to. Paul Higgins mentoring.com forward slash assessment so forward slash assessment and that will take you to 15 questions you can answer in three minutes and then at the end of that there's an opportunity to have a call with me where I don't do the uh, the, the sales pitch what I do is really say well if I was in your shoes here's the gaps this is what I would do to go and you know ultimately uh, live uh, you know build a business to live a great life and give back That's fantastic.
0: Paul, it's been an absolute privilege, even if we are going to beat you in the ashes. Um, But um, if there's anything I can do for you, just let me know and wishing you the greatest success. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Jeff so first of all just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today it's lovely to know that you're out there listening and it's great to have the emails that i get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show that's really nice really does help me make the show even better if you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services i offer or my social media links then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast, and that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio and, of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for so just to say I hope you have a fantastic week I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week take care